0: What a day! What a day! What a day! Uh, if you've not heard the Calgary Flames, and we discussed this for the last four or five days, uh, we're in on uh, we're in on Nazem Kadri. Well, I got him. And uh, they're just working, apparently, on another deal, which could potentially uh, move out Sean Manahan So they have some cap space, and I'll state on the record right now, I don't believe either the Oilers nor the uh, Flames are done at this time. This is the second hour of Oilers now. We had Eric Francis and Gene Principe on in hour number one from Sportsnet. In hour two, a... Uh Uh, Two former NHL players, the Hockey Hall of Famer, Kevin Lowe, will join us uh, today at 1.35. And a guy who spent parts of three seasons here in Edmonton uh, with the Oilers, including originally coming in after being recalled from the minors for the playoffs in 2001. Uh, He ended up playing uh, over 350 NHL hockey games uh, between the regular season and the playoffs. Had a lengthy uh, pro career over a year for a number of years, played in the Oilers' farm system, and he is back in Edmonton. As an assistant coach for the Bakersfield Condors, as we go into the second hour of Oilers now for Digitex, Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software, we head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline, and welcome back to the show, former Oiler, Josh Green. Hi, Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what? I love the Battle of Alberta. Uh, and, I, and, and I was spoiled Like you know I grew up watching The Oilers and the Flames Go at it in the 1980s And uh, this was before I was a broadcaster And I'll be honest with you I was uh, I hated the Flames uh, in time, I grew to respect them for how hard and competitive they were and how bitter of a rival they, they were and how great the hockey was. So I want to see, as a broadcaster, I want to see the the two organizations going at it. So uh, a big day today for Calgary, Landed Nazem Kadri. I don't know how much of the playoffs you got a chance to watch last year in that series. Um, but as a former NHL player, yeah, you, you, you had to take it in because it was electrifying and exciting hockey. And that's what the game's about, isn't it? We, we want to be entertained, don't we? Well, oh,
1: 100%. And, and you know, growing up in Camrose, um, you know, through the Oilers' glory days, I got a glimpse firsthand of, you know, what that uh, Battle of Alberta was like. And I actually think it fueled my passion for the Oilers having the Flames, you know, as a, as a good opponent because, you know, they were always great series. Um, thank goodness the Oilers came on top a lot. I remember being in full tears when um, Steve Smith put it off the back of uh, Grant Fuhr's pads. I remember being in tears when... When uh, Wayne Gretzky got traded, so um, to be able to come back to this organization, it, it holds a special place in my heart. And uh, you were talking about the Flames uh, just earlier, and it's you know I'm, I'm glad to see the Battle of Alberta back and uh, in in full passion again because uh, it just makes for watching hockey so much better. I watch the playoffs, you know, almost front to back uh, last season and it's such good hockey and i know the anticipation for that battle of alberta this past year was was really really high and me included i just i loved every minute of it so it's great to see the the two teams back and, and very competitive again
0: and you can speak to us because you played for both teams you played in Edmonton, then uh, ended up playing with the Calgary Flames during the 03 season. season. Uh, you were there. That was your, I mean, you got moved during that year, but that was the year that you they ended up in the Stanley Cup final. And then, ironically enough, if I recall, did you not come back to Edmonton like, I don't know, 10, 11, 11, 12 uh, late, yeah. late in that year as well, right? Yeah, exactly. So
1: I had a stint with the Flames uh, um, during their Cup run. I, I spent the first part of the season in the minors. Uh, I got called up uh, for most of the season, and then um, at the deadline I got put on waivers and ended up getting picked up by, I believe it was the Rangers. They brought in um, a couple of players. I think Chris Simon was one of the players they brought in, maybe Marcus Nielsen, another one. So uh, they needed to clear space on their roster, so I was one of the casualties. I think it was myself and Jamie McLennan that uh, en- ended up going to uh, to the Rangers. But uh, certainly fun memories, and, and you're right, I did have a, a quick stint again in 11 12 uh, mostly playing in, in the minors for uh, for Oklahoma City, but um, had a, a bit of a cup of coffee uh, during the regular season that year as well.
0: All right, I'm going to take you down a completely different path here, but just because we can and we got a little bit of time. We're joined by sure. Josh Green, who's who's come aboard. We'll get your thoughts on the opportunity in Bakersfield in a second. But just circling back, I'm going to ask you about two guys that you played with in the Flames farm system during that time because one mm-hmm. of them is a, a bit of an urban legend. And that is Brennan Evans, okay? Mm-hmm. Because Brennan Evans never played a regular season game in the National Hockey League. He was a career minor league player. But the Flames ran out of uh, defensemen that year in the playoffs in 03, He caught a couple games in the end. Like, I think it was in the third round. Like, it's kind of crazy when you think that that's the opportunity. Uh, what, I know he's a local guy, I've seen him around once in a while. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy story for a guy like that to end up getting that chance, eh?
1: Well, it was awesome for me too, especially because uh, he's, like you said, a local kid. He's a Camrose kid. So, um, you know, born and raised in in my hometown, went through the the minor hockey process in Camrose and um, great minor league player, tough as nails. Um, I believe, yeah, he did win a a Calder cup, I think in Grand Rapids. Um, But to see him earlier in his career, you know, get that chance with, without having a, a regular season game under his belt to be thrown into the playoffs and, in such a high pressure pressure situation it was really awesome to see and i I remember feeling really nervous when you know when I knew that he was getting into a game like oh man this is what a big stage for him but um, I don't know how much he played I don't think it was a lot but he held him he held himself uh, accountable and he he played well out there and did what he had to do and um, ate up some minutes for for some of the big minute guys to, to get a bit of a breather so it was awesome to see now did you also play a bit with Pavel Brindle? Uh very, very briefly in I believe it was Lowell. Okay. Um that would have been it was a split squad between Caroline and Calgary at the time in Lowell, Massachusetts. He wasn't there long. Um and I don't think I was actually there long either. Maybe maybe a month or so, but okay. did pass pass uh uh, pass very briefly. Um, but I do remember him. I remember him as a junior player. Unbelievable. Uh, scoring all those goals and um, highly touted out a junior. Didn't, wasn't able to put it together as a pro for, you know, for a long period of time. But I just remember the talent that he had.
0: Yeah, six foot two, uh, right shoot and left wing. And the first year of Sportsnet, uh, Josh, I was working behind the scenes. It was 98-99 and we went into uh, Regina one night. He was playing for the hitman and I score. I watched him score two shorthanded goals in 15 seconds. And I was like, this guy looks like Mario Lemieux. Like, it was unbelievable, the talent he had. All right, let's circle back. Josh Green, assistant coach, Bakersfield Connors. And I know it was announced a few weeks ago. We didn't have a chance to squeeze you in there. Uh, Give me your thoughts on returning to the Oilers organization.
1: Well, I'm super excited about it. Um, You know, like I mentioned earlier, it's an organization that's, you know, near and dear to my heart. Um, I I did have a couple options kind of on the table, and this was the one that I – that I really wanted to to jump on. And um, just because of my ties to the organization, because I know lots of people uh, in the organization, I know what kind of people they have uh, in their organization. So it was really a no brainer for me once the opportunity presented itself to to jump back on board and, and continue my coaching career. You know, I've been a coach for four years at the junior level, um, you know, was looking to make the jump to, to pro hockey. I, I always said all along that I wasn't in a in a huge rush to, to climb the ranks I, I wanted to make sure that i was ready um and, and tried to just gain as much knowledge as i could a, along the way but i uh, feel like i'm ready for this opportunity i'm really excited to you know to work alongside of uh, of colin chalk and, and keith mccambridge and all the staff that they have uh, down there in bakersfield i think it's going to be a, a great opportunity for me but i'm just excited to to work with some of the young talent that they have i know they have a a lot of returning players a lot of you know high-end talent Uh, down there that I'm going to get a chance to work with and, and help develop. And, And really that, that is what my role is going to be is, is trying to develop these kids as not as quick as possible, but as you know, at their own, at their own rate and just make sure that when they do make that jump, um, to the NHL that they're that they're ready and they're prepared and and I'm looking forward to that challenge.
0: We're joined by Josh Green, assistant coach, Bakersfield Condors. I I don't think the head coach has to be, you know, uh, a former NHL player. Uh, that that said, I do think that uh, the guy that coaches the defense probably should be a defenseman, and I think it helps when you, you do have people uh, on your minor league coaching staffs that have played in the NHL and maybe weren't guaranteed locks themselves because they had to mm-hmm. find out other ways to get there. And, and, like, you're a big, rangy guy with a little bit of scoring pop that could give a little bit of size and toughness. You're sort of a tweener, like, you know. And so I'm wondering whether or not the amount of time you spent in the minors and in Europe can benefit you in in, in sort of assisting maybe not the the Holloways or Borgos of the world and don't tell those guys they're going to be in Bakersfield because they plan on making the Oilers but you know maybe some other guys that are trying to wheel their way up to the National Hockey League like a James Hamlin or uh no Philp out of the U of A
1: yeah exactly and I think you know part of my role again is is being able to rely on past experiences that I've had. Um, I was a guy that had to scratch and claw for pretty much everything I got in the NHL and it was, nothing was ever guaranteed for me. Um, And I think just through my own trials and tribulations of, you know, being in the minors and getting called up and, and the disappointment of, you know, getting sent down. And um, I think I can relate. I'll be able to relate to these guys and kind of know what they're going through and, Um, for a lot of these guys it's you know first time living on their own and you know having to be a pro and kind of fend for themselves so um, I'm willing to help in in any way possible not just on the hockey side of things but just life in general and trying to figure out their you know their way around just being on their own and you know cooking for themselves and and all that kind of stuff that comes with it so um, but there's certainly some some good young talent that'll be in the minors that you know nothing will be guaranteed for them as well they'll have to earn you know everything they're get they'll get they'll have to earn their call-ups uh um and and I can help with that process you know it's it's not just a straight path to the NHL all the time sometimes there's there's ups and downs there's highs and lows and you know there's bumps along the way and um I just want to try and keep them le- you know level-headed headed and, and even keeled as much as possible because it is a bit of a challenge it's Sometimes it can be a grind in the minors when you feel like you you're should be getting called up. You're playing well enough to get called up, but you know just because of the number situation, it, it doesn't happen. So um, certainly that's tough to deal with for for some young guys. But I've been through that before, and um, and I've made mistakes along the way too. And don't get me wrong, like it wasn't it wasn't easy for me as well, but. Um, I think just with my past experiences, I'll be able to relate to these guys and and help them with with any ups
0: and downs that uh, they're going to encounter along the way. Josh, I'm a firm believer in drafting and development, and I know that at times I maybe even battled internally with some people... Uh, in, in the Oilers' own organization on this, just that, you know, the minor leagues need to be focused on, with all due respect to the guys that will their way up from the ECHL to the AHL. Like, you, you don't necessarily play a 27- or 28-year-old over a 21-year-old prospect. And mm-hmm. uh, But i, I got to ask you this. Like, you came up in a little bit different time. You just spent the last four years coaching, uh, you, you had, and we'll get to a couple of kids that you coached with the ice in Winnipeg. Uh, but... Uh, You know, do we coach differently now? Because uh, I, I used to, dis, like, you know, Claire Drake didn't believe in breaking people down and building them up. Bill Moores did not believe in breaking people down and building them up. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly Rob Dom did. And those are guys all out of the U of A, and they all had great success yeah. because they treated people like men uh, with respect and dignity from day one of the relationship. They also got the often got the best guys, the most mature 20-year-old guys that had already, you know, lived on their own in junior and that sort of thing. But in your opinion, watching, you know, your own journey, do you think we coach differently today than maybe we did fifteen to twenty years ago?
1: Well, I definitely think you know the game has evolved and and with that the coaching has evolved. I, I think times are different now where, you know, you you don't see that anymore where you you know, you're you coach by intimidation or you coach by breaking players down, like you mentioned. Um I think you, you need to relate to the players. Um and I think that's a major role of assistant coaches is you know, trying to you know, to get to know them and get to know what makes them tick and what motivates them. So, you know, I think that part of the game has evolved. I don't. When I was playing, it was more like, you know, this is what you're you're supposed to do. Now go do it. And now players, yes, you you can still say that, but players ask questions now. And they want to know why you're telling them to do a certain thing or, you know, why you think something will work. Um, And you have to be prepared to explain that to them. It's not just go do it and and expect them to do it. It's, it's explaining them, you know, why you think this is going to happen and walking them through that process a little bit. And I believe that, you know, I, I think in the past where you just automatically came into our organization and you respected the head coach. And, and I think nowadays, you know, respect is earned. I think you have to show players respect too. Um, you can't just tell them what to do and and expect them to do it. You need to, like I mentioned, just kind of, you know, get to know them a little bit, what makes them tick, walk them through the process of of, of learning something and, um, and relating to them that way. I think that's kind of the most important part of coaching now is, is being on their level a little bit more.
0: All right. Well, you're a part of a staff in Winnipeg that had, you know, maybe the most exciting young team in the Western Hockey League, maybe a half year ahead of their cycle. You know, you guys played a loaded up. We haven't team, seen a team that loaded up uh, in the Western League like, like the Oil Kings were since maybe Dry mm-hmm. Settle and... Uh, no, Morrissey. Yeah, Morrissey, back uh, with yeah. uh, uh, Kelowna in 2015. Uh, but you did have Matt Savoy and Connor Geeky. They ended up going in the first round of the draft. Uh, McLennan was a high-end WHL pick. He, was, he, mm-hmm. Jack Finley was a, is, a I think, a real good sleeper pick by Tampa Bay. Give me some thoughts. First of all, just on on Savoy, who's a local area product, and Connor Geeky and, and having the opportunity to coach kids like that that have got a great future in the game.
1: Well, and Carson Lambos was another one that you missed yeah. there, too, as a first-rounder to, to Minnesota. So you're right. The team was stacked with, with lots of high-end talent. And, and, you know, two of those players, uh, Connor Geeky, Matt Savoy, Matt Savoy, a, a local kid out of St. Albert, both those kids were were a pleasure to coach. Um, they are highly driven athletes. Um, they are hockey, hockey, hockey all the time. They want to learn. They want to keep getting better. Um you know, Matt Savoy, his uh, his explosiveness and his his drive for the game, uh, his shooting ability, just just an incredible talent. Um, some may say undersized a little bit, but it doesn't hurt him on the ice. He is aggressive. He's first on pucks all the time. So, um, I think he's going to be a really good NHLer. I think it may take a year or two for him to. Um, you know, to develop a little bit more and get bigger and get stronger and and get quicker, although he has, you know, all the explosiveness and quickness that you do need to play in the NHL. So I think he's going to have a great long career. Uh, Connor Geeky, a little bit different of a player, Um, bigger, a little bit rangier. Um, Some would say a little bit of an awkward skater, but he he gets where he needs to be. Um, Underrated passer, really good vision on the ice. Um, and, you know, the size too, six foot four and play center. Uh, so obviously really sought after for, for NHL teams. And uh, it was great to watch the draft and, and see them get drafted really close together in that first round, which is kind of where they were expected to go. So um, the ice are in good hands there. There's a lot of good talent there. You mentioned a bunch. Uh, the other kid I'd like to mention too, is Zach Benson who was a 16 year old for us last year actually played in the bubble Uh, two years ago as a 15 year old and was almost a point a game there which is almost unheard of Um, and that's so that's a kid that uh, uh, is going to be one to keep an eye on because I I believe that he'll be a first rounder as well and he's going to have a long NHL career he's excelled you know basically at every level that he's played at um, uh, and just played recently for team Canada in, in the under 18 and was was dominant so Um, The ice, like I said, are are in really good shape. I think they're set up for another uh, incredible year this year. Obviously, last year was tough because we ran into such a a good team in Edmonton. Um, But it was fun to battle it out with them. But we could just tell that we were a little bit more physically outmatched than than we thought we were going to be. Edmonton was really physical, um, ran us out of the building in a couple games. Um, But it was fun to play them, and it was a, a good series, and good to see them have success because... You know, they've earned it as well. But yeah. uh, like I said, it was fun to coach the
0: ice, and and I'll be keeping an eye on them from a distance for sure. Yeah, I know. I talked about Lambo's. Uh, Bill Guerin was in town with Minnesota, and I'd actually just seen you guys play. And I was like, I mean, when he was in your lineup, you guys were a little bit, because he missed some games. Uh, yeah. You were a different team. And if you think Edmonton ran you guys out of the building, um, Seattle, they were pretty physical with Edmonton too. And ultimately, the injury to Gunther, I think, cost Edmonton at the Memorial yeah. Cup. Uh, one final one for you. You coached yeah. against Connor Bedard. He's here in Edmonton right now, uh, an undrafted player. Uh, we all know he's going number one in next year's draft. or At least we think he. I think I'm going to go real old school, Josh. It's maybe even before your time, um, but I'm going to go Marcel Dion. That's who he reminds me of. Uh, a five foot eight, unbelievable shot, terrific skill. Not an explosive skater. That's what I see. You coached against this kid the last couple of years. How good is he? He is
1: uh, elite. Um, I don't know if he's generational, but uh, he is going to be. If not number one, he'll be in a, you know top two or three picks. Uh, he was a handful every time we played him. He was a threat to score every time he had the puck. Uh, we were our mindset before every game was to stay out of the penalty box because he was so lethal on the power play. He would get it on the half wall, and you know he does that little pull and drag and, and zips it and uh, he does it better than probably anyone I've ever seen, just changing the angle of a shot and, and releasing it so hard. So um, just an incredible talent. Um, like I said, he, was, he, he gave us fits uh, a, lot of, a lot of times during the year. I will say this about Carson Lambo. So when, when he, we tried to match him up, uh, against uh, Bedard every single time we could, and, and Carson did a hell of a job against him uh, this past year. Uh, but you can just see the talent that, uh, that Bedard has, and a um, real special player, and he's going to have a, a long, successful NHL, NHL career as well.
0: Josh, we'll check in with you during the season, okay? Okay, I appreciate it. Anytime, Bob. Appreciate having me on. Uh, you bet. That is Josh Green, Bakersfield Condors assistant coach. It's 125 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick, ninety second second break. You're listening to Oilers now. All right, it's 127 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Bob Derek Scott, Brendan S. Scott with you. Uh, and we'll squeeze in a text or two momentarily. You've heard about the great variety of used vehicles that our friends at Brent Ridge Ford are proud to offer. They want you to know that the order bank for 2023 SUVs and F-150s now open. If you want to be treated fairly at the time of a purchase and enjoy quality service after the sale, order your new vehicle from Uncle Milt. Johnny, Rich, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. 11-time winners of the President's Award for Customer Satisfaction. You can reach Brent Ridge at 1-877-477-3673. That's 1-877-477- Ford. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Josh says, Bob, would you trade uh, Borgo a 2023 first plus for Patrick Kane at 50%? Um... I think that's I. I think I stated my, my position. I would not trade any of the four number ones that the orders have made over the last four years. Okay, uh, I would trade uh, a couple players in the ranges of two and a half to to three million bucks to balance the money out and get them to retain half and the 2023 number one and lottery protected, as well as a couple other call them B grade prospects. I would do that. Remember, you're only getting Kane for a year. I need Borgo to replace Kane a year from now. That's why I'm not trading Borgo. Uh we'll have to wait and see how it all goes. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see how this all works, South NASA Cadre. You know what? You've gone this far if you're the oilers or flames. That's why I know they're not done you got to keep going and keep trying to improve your hockey team. Off to a global news weather traffic update. And when we come back, a hockey hall of famer who's worked roughly 40 years for the Oilers organization as a player, assistant coach, coach, um, general manager, president, uh, board of governor. Uh, He announced his retirement while I was gone, and I wanted to get him back on when we were back in town. So we'll hear from Kevin Lowe when when we return.